Hello, everybody, and happy holidays in here for episode 71 of the State of Play podcast. Pet Barisha has come out of his hole after Arsenal finally got a win. Pet, it's, it's, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence, I promise. Um, and didn't you, I believe you sent it in our chat saying you were, or, or maybe the other uh, um, WhatsApp chat with uh, Roberto Rojas that he created. That you said you fully expected a beatdown. Oh no, it was your Twitter. You expected a full-on beatdown yeah. on your own Twitter that we're trying to get to a thousand followers. You sabotaged it yourself. I mean, I jinxed it. I saw the lineup and I was like, you know, Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli's just come back from injury, Lacazette up top, Xhaka back, Pablo Mari playing his first game at centre back in, in God knows how long. And I just feared the worst, you know, especially on the run we were, but somehow, some way, actually played really well beat a really good Chelsea side and uh but it again doesn't really matter I'm not to get my hopes up it does not matter if we yes. don't beat Brighton and all these other teams because yes. when people listen to this we'll know the result of uh us against Brighton this afternoon but yeah no great to be back um doing a special episode I guess happy holidays today to everyone around the world listening and hopefully we can you guys can enjoy this episode where we're going to be doing something very different or something that me and Matt did on our own two years ago very specific to players mm. right Matt. you want to tell yeah, everyone um, how holidays were in filament <laughs> yeah holidays were fantastic we're obviously approaching yeah, the PS5 new, new year what was that did you get a ps5 by no i was actually uh trying to get that before we went <laughs> on air here so i'll i'll let i'll let the viewers know i think they're itching to kind of know what, what my status is on that so i'll definitely keep them updated um uh, in the new year of course, at the time of recording here, this is our last episode of 2020. It's been a great year for us as a podcast. Uh, difficulties, of course, with the world going um, and dealing with the pandemic, but we move on. And um, as far as things in the football life are, are concerned, um, another big victory against Lazio that we uh, you know hinted at oh, that yeah. we're going to probably discuss more of in um, the, of the previous episode. But yeah, conversation. <laughs> I got it. You know, it's, that's always my kind of my intro and, you know, I'm sticking to it, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great to be back with the full team for, for the end of the year. And um, I'm, as, as Pet alluded to, we're going to go with something that we've done before, but also having Martino in the mix here to kind of be somewhat of a, a mediator to kind of get his two cents in there should be fun. And it should be a great way to wrap up the year. Yeah. So two years ago, we basically did this thing where we picked, what was it? 10 or 11 players, Matt, um, to who were going to be the guys yeah to break out in 2019 and i think our mm-hmm. criteria was like under 23 23 or under and we wanted them to buy the be like kind of unknown talents who break out like a mm-hmm. you know bakayo saka or uh Haga at milan for example um or a player who's already playing but just has that leap a leap out breakout season like a mm-hmm. dominic calvert lewin right he's been playing in the premier league for a couple of seasons now this this year this is year like is. where he's been really, really mm-hmm. good. So that was our criterion. Basically, Martinez is going to go through them and we're going to kind of see how they've done over the last couple of years. And I think we've been quite unlucky, Matt. Yeah, a lot of injuries with this one. I was actually refreshed on the, the list that we had before we went live here. And, you know, obviously some big name talents that are still, you know, on that younger younger side, some that have kind of withered away more into the background, maybe not as prolific in terms of the potential as they once were. But definitely some names in that list when we first did it that, you know, can still turn things around. They're still young enough. Um, and, well, of course, I think we should just get right into it. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, drop any names. So I'll let Martino do do the honors and get us going. About time you shut the hell up. All right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys had 10 players, as you mentioned. So we'll go, we'll go through each of them. 
uh, we'll go through the list first, and then we'll go we'll go through each one. Um, you guys remembered who specifically picked uh, each player, or kind of. Okay. Okay. We know Pet is going to deflect on any player that's absolutely terrible. So we'll I know, I that. know, I know mine. <laughs> I know the ones that I picked. Actually. I know, I know. Yeah, I, know. I can see it too. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so we got the list of ten. We'll we'll go through them real quick. Uh, Emil Ordero. Ahmed that, was a, that was a Matt Santagelo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I had a feeling Ordero was uh, was Matt. Um, Stefano Sensi. So now you got a familiar name there. Nicolo Zaniolo, Ibrahima Conte, Alfonso Davies, R- Roni Lopez or Lopes. Um, not really familiar with the name. Samuel Chikuzwi. Uh, Chikuzwi, yeah. Chikuzwi. Never seen the name before. My God, he's That's butchering why I these don't names. <laughs> Oh, I'm but oh really? Pet, say Sassuolo, Pet, real quick. Sassuolo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what that's what I thought. Okay, moving on. David Brooks and and Reese or Rice Nelson. Rice. Rice Nelson. Okay. It's Reese Nelson, go. but who the fuck is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, okay. <laughs> so we'll go through. We're, we're going through the ten. Um, so Emil Odero was Matt's, right? Mm-hmm. You tell me. I wasn't here two years ago. Yeah, it was. It yeah. Was. So, so let me go through my first, and then I'll, I guess, or Martino. However, we're doing this, I can just chime in and kind of maybe reflect on where they've come uh, sure. since we actually did this list. But um, Aduro obviously came from the the Juventus academy, made a permanent move within about a year, year and a half to Sampdoria. He's their number one choice goalkeeper. Um, there's been a little bit of a mixed bag. I think it's partially down to. Sampdoria having coaches come in and out. There's a constant shuffling of the players themselves. Their defensive line isn't that sharp either. So it's really difficult for a goalkeeper to, um, you know, keep those clean sheet numbers relatively high. You know, have that that consistency, have that confidence to go out there and, and, and just be the next, you know, you know, kind of grow their game and, and make that big leap. But um, I think Aduro is a fascinating player in the sense that, you know, he's not going to be – a name that maybe breaks into the Italian national team picture, just because there's, there's several different options that are just better than him. But Aduro, as we know, and with most goalkeepers, there is the possibility that at, you know, midway through his twenties, late twenties, where you start to see uh, more establishing of the traits of the characteristics and just the quality in general, where Aduro can be a reliable and effective goalkeeper. Um, you know, Triore, I know we talked about off the air before because this was a fascinating player that I actually profiled for scouted football. But at the time of, of doing you know this this thing previously, he was at um, Empoli, who got relegated, but now he's at Sassuolo and he's in a in a midfield situation with Locatelli, who's probably the cream of the crop in that group. If I had to say, and I'm sure you two would agree. But another player that's very talented that he just kind of maybe hasn't taken the big leap. Um, amidst the Sassuolo side, it is very exciting, very promising, has a lot of other young players that just seem to kind of outshine him. So he's one to keep an eye on. Stefano Sensi made the big move to Inter. Um, there was a there was a derby uh, competition for him a couple years ago, if you guys recall, and eventually he went to Inter for a pretty significant fee. When he has played, he's been pretty effective, uh, whether it been, you know, Conte, whoever the case may be as the coach, he mm-hmm. seems to have been a, a really effective player and looks like they made a sound investment there, but he can't stay healthy. And if you're, if you're a team like Inter with the ambitions that they have, yeah, yeah you got to move on to the next guy, the guy who is, is available for you. And since he unfortunately seems to be heading, heading in that direction where he could be a player that when is he was fit, he was more fantastic. defined by injuries. I know he's young, but 
Couldn't be um, with a worse manager to handle the injuries at this point. I mean, there aren't many guys. That don't yeah, have... I agree with that, Martina. I think you know, with with Conte the way his his training regimens are, he's just he demands so much. Even once a week, on he manages side. to mess it up. I just don't understand. Sorry, I will. We'll have to see with him I, if he can stay healthy. I think he's just an obvious talent. He was getting regular reps with the national team. He was yeah. uh, a starter for Inter before they bought some of these other players. With him and Barella at the beginning of last season, they had something there. Obviously, mm. there's some differences in the midfield now, and they're looking at other names. But we'll have to wait and see if Sensi can reclaim that that form and that fitness and and start to grow again as a player. And I believe the last one I had was Zaniolo, of course. Yeah. Two unfortunate injuries, oh. obvious talent, obvious star power with him. You know, he burst onto the scene um, as a throw-in, really, in that in that mm. Raja Nyangalan deal a couple of years ago. And ever since then, he, <laughs> he's been one of the starlets of, of Serie A. Very young, has that, that big frame, creative, has an eye for goal. He, he does so much in the final third that has helped Roma. Um, you'll be in that competition for your Euro- European spots. And to see him have two significant injuries it's very unfortunate especially his latest one coming off um, almost immediately after he came back so I'm hoping that some of these players can uh, more than anything else at least stay healthy because I think they have the potential in them if they are healthy to fulfill that potential and be players that maybe make bigger moves and I know uh, you know with Martin with not Martino with (laughs) Pets List there's some that have really risen to the occasion some are, we are still waiting on but pet if you want to kind of go to your five and, and give us your thoughts on that sure yeah no i think ibrahima Kanate was one of my picks i think i went for him over meccano a couple of years ago just because he was less well known and i think that he is starting to get game time again had unfortunate injuries as well um him and epimakana were not rated the same but you know uh, Kanate having about a year or 18 months on him age-wise has always meant he's been like a step or two behind. Um, he, he was one of my picks and I think um, especially if, if uh, Makano does end up leaning, leaving, we'll see him be like the next on that conveyor belt from Leipzig leaving at centre-half because he's, he's really good, uh, breaks lines really well, uh, dribbles out of danger and, and breaks that first line press, uh, um, press Sorry, really, really well. Incredible in the air, dynamic, physically you know incredible great athlete so uh, i really really like him and i think he'll he'll have a really good fruitful career ronnie lopez again when i was when we were making this list a couple of years ago this guy was you know firing on all cylinders at, at monaco doing really really well and um here we here we sit he's on loan at Sevilla and hasn't really panned out for him as as well as they as well as it should have uh, Samuel Chiquese uh, a guy in Villarreal so so exciting I think he's an SOP favorite you know shout out to all our Nigerian listeners but um he he was just so so dynamic I loved watching him play and I thought you know I was sure that this guy was going to be a, a great great uh, player for this squad and in uh, La Liga and I thought he had like a big move in him as well um, you know things haven't really panned out a couple of niggling injuries some manager changes obviously under Unai Emery now um, and he's got competition in uh, in a guy named none other than Kubo online from Madrid now uh, who is actually going to be named in, in my players to watch 2021 Sorry, disclaimer, as a as a little spoiler there. Um, so so things haven't quite panned out for him. David Brooks, uh, a guy who was really really great for Bournemouth when the Premier League and basically end of that season or uh, you know 
kind of like three, four months into 2019, he got a really, really bad injury, uh, like a you know six, nine monther. Didn't couldn't help them stay up, and is now playing his trade in the championship. But still looks really exciting there, and I think he's going to have a, a really good season still. But again, his progression's been massively, massively halted by injury, which is which is super unfortunate. But when he was playing, he looked really, really good. Reese Nelson again. Uh, using my Arsenal uh, uh, love for the club to pick someone that obviously has not done anything since I picked them. But when we were making this list, Reese Nelson looked really, really bright for for Hoffenheim um, in the Bundesliga, similar time to when Jaden Sancho was out there uh, in his first season. And basically, Reese came back to Arsenal, got injured, played a little bit, then got injured again, and is now finally kind of making his way back into the squad here and there. But I do think that he's a player whose future lies away from Arsenal, but I do think he'll have a relatively decent career. Um, Unfortunately, basically four of my five picks have been massively curtailed by injuries, and that's what I'm blaming on. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the guys that I name for 2021 don't get injured, otherwise that would suck. Well, you did. Well, the one that wasn't injured is the best of the bunch between the two lists. So <laughs> you have that. You have mm. that. Although he did just get hurt. <laughs> so, so, I mean, he hasn't been <sighs> fully healthy. Listen, <clears throat> when, when you're picking these guys, uh, it, it's truly difficult sometimes. And you guys were a little harsh on yourselves with the injuries, right? No one can foresee injuries. When you're making lists such as these, mm. you're basing it off of talent and what you see projecting moving forward as uh, potential star players whatever happens with injuries anybody can get hurt Cristiano Ronaldo can play his last match in his next match right he could tear his ACL and that could be it he can never fully come back to it so we can't truly predict any of that what you can go off of is what their talent is and obviously guys you have a good eye for talent so you can't be that harsh on yourselves um obviously we'll we'll just rip Reese Nelson because that's just Pets Arsenal bias there. Oh, by the on. way, if you if you Google Reese Nelson, by the way, you know what one of the top things is? Is he related to Jaden Sancho? <laughs> that's why it says is Reese Nelson Jaden Sancho are they brothers? That's what it's. Like. Oh, I just God. had to get that out of there because it's so it's so funny because you just got to look up what his uh, transfer market stuff is. But yeah, I mean they're um, friends. They they played in the same bloody under twenty one squad. Like just because there's know, like pictures of them together and stuff. You know how <laughs> many you know how many people have to search that up in order for Google to have that in its algorithm for one of the top <laughs> topics? Like that has to be thousands of people searching that up. It's ridiculous. <sighs> but how about this? Out of the ten listed. Um, it's clear that like Davies is the best right now, but say we fast forward another two years, gentlemen, who do we think out of all the players that you listed is going to be the best, uh, footballer out of all the players? Is it still going to be Davies or does Zaniolo come back and and make a, make a turn after two torn ACLs to be the best player of, of the bunch? Or is there one of the guys that got off to a slow start out of all the ones that you've named that could potentially be the best of the bunch? I mean, you know, with modern medicine, why can't Zaniolo have a long and fruitful career with no knees? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough. It's, it's, I, I uh... think I, I think he's the obvious answer. Um, yeah, I think that if I look at how many minutes all of those guys have played under a certain age, because I think that's a good barometer to know how good a player is going to sure. be. Um, if you've played loads of minutes before the age of 20 and Hammer Junior Trori has played a load of minutes at professional mm-hmm. 
very good standards still very young, yeah. for his age and he's still very young so no glaring and, injuries nothing of of significance there that exactly. the other guys have have sustained yeah and you see players like him Catelli, Barella, Sensi they're all slightly different all slight kind of in those uh six eight roles kind of like that that hybrid mm-hmm. but they don't mature straight away like it's very hard to be a dominant player at like nineteen twenty in those roles. And you look at Stefano right. Sensi, he gets to like 23, 24 and starts balling out. He was the best player in Serie A before he got injured uh, uh, when he first moved to, uh, into Milan. A lot of people have said that. Um, if you look at uh, Locatelli, same thing. Barella, same thing. These guys don't just become like the the generals of a midfield at age nineteen twenty. They get minutes under their belts, they ply their trade, and then they mature at like twenty three, twenty four, and that's when they start really becoming proper players. How about transfers? So, like, where these players go is also equally as important yeah. as their mm-hmm. talent, right? So, Troy going to Sassuolo, they're really when we've hi- highlighted this many times on on the podcast is that. There aren't many better places in Italy if, in fact, I don't think there is a better place outside the top clubs um, <clears throat> for young midfielders to go to than Sassuolo. You mentioned Locatelli, right? I mean, he was just – he looked like he was at a loss and another youth player from Milan that just wasn't going to amount to much. And he's been arguably one of the best midfielders in, in Serie A. And since mm-hmm. he was at Sassuolo as well, um, granted, he was under uh, Di Francesco for a little bit, I believe, but – for me, I, I think it, it, it's predicated on these situations that they're in as well. Um, Davies is in the best situation by far. I mean, mm. we've said how many times, like, there isn't a better run club than that. So for Matt, <sighs> Sensi has soft tissue injuries. There hasn't been a major injury with that. Do you think he gets back to best midfielder in Serie A or one of the best midfielders in Serie A and if he does get to there does he stay healthy enough like I mean and and are we basing this off of like Conte won't be here in two years we're still doing state of play in two years and we're talking about you know maybe updating the list from two years ago right so it's a four-year list like we could be sitting here saying that Stefano Sensi who just turned 25 in August is one of the top five midfielders in Serie A, and he is fully healthy. I think that is certainly plausible. Like, that isn't out of the realm of possibility still. Can I ask a follow-up question as well? A fit Stefano Sensi playing at the caliber that he was playing at before he got injured when he first moved to Inter Milan, what team wouldn't he start for in Serie A? Oh, he starts for all of them. I think, they're yeah. all, they're all, I think, I think they have the best midfield when he's healthy. But I'll let Matt answer that question. I think with Sensi, it's it's tough because I think I've I've seen his trend his transition from more of a deeper player when he was at Chesenia very early on in his career to then going over to Sassuolo where he you know played a little bit deeper yes but he also played in more of an advanced role where he was um, kind of moved around I think that's something we've seen a lot with you know, Dejerbi as a manager and what his Sassuolo project entails as far as those midfielders go. But then as he joined Inter, he was a player that got a lot of assists early on. He scored a lot of goals, a fair amount of goals for someone who most people associate as not a goal scorer, not a guy who's going to be initiating that final ball. So if I'm looking at him as a player, I don't know if he's going to maybe go back to being more of a deeper player. Um, whereas I think if you look at his skill set, look at his frame, maybe there's going to be the instances where whoever 
you know, who is coach, wherever he winds up, maybe he does move, who knows? Because I think Inter, as a growing club, they're going to look for other players of just a higher caliber, number one. Number two, who can be healthy is will they try and keep Sensi in positions where they avoid being injury? Or will they, they avoid the injury concerns? They avoid a lot of the contact that maybe can come along with, um, you know, Serie A and, and just the regular football in general. And that's been something that a lot of people have noted with some of the other players that Milan have been interested to. And I don't want to harp back on a previous episode, but with Ricky Puig, where they're saying, yeah, he's a little bit too small for Serie A. I think he'd get bullied. And since he's shown that he can play at this level, he can play in this league and be effective. But I just wonder if whoever the coach, you know, is when he, when he is able to be healthy and fit and, and, and ready to roll, do they keep that in mind and try and get ways to diminish the contact, diminish the, the Knicks still take, because all it takes is, you know, him to get barreled into, and then he's, he's back on it because he is a small player, very effective, very technical, and he could do a lot of things for you. So I, I, I don't really know, but I do, I do agree with the fact that he is a player. I mean, when you are able to start games for the Italian national team, um, at his age with the competition they now currently have that they haven't had in previous years, it speaks volumes to what type of player he is when fit. So I think he does break into most top teams. If you threw him at a Roma, if you threw him into um, a Napoli, I think he does play quite a bit. Maybe he doesn't start every game, but he is a player that is uh, very good quality and, and should be a starting caliber player for some of the best teams in Italy if he is active and fit. Mm. I think, yeah, I agree. I think he's a quality player and I'd, I'd love to see him do well. I mean, Samuel Chekwese, the other one is, he's a guy that obviously a player at that age is, is quite inconsistent, but differently to that kind of central midfield role, the players at that younger kind of age in those positions can prosper a lot more. So if you look at kind of wide players and their progression, a lot of them do do really well from the ages of like, 18 to 23 and some of them kind of tail off after and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do really really well over the next two years but equally I wouldn't be surprised to to see him not do well at all just because he is so inconsistent David Brooks I think is is the guy to, to not sleep on I mean if Bournemouth come back up or if he if they don't come back up and if he comes to the Premier League I think he could be a good addition to, to a lot of teams but I think we should get into our uh, our list Matt do you want to go first um sure I love to go first. So trying to learn from past mistakes with, <laughs> as you hear the dogs in my background here, they're barking at me before I even get started here. Um, trying to learn from past mistakes as far as assessing the players and, and just kind of keeping in mind injury concerns or anything that's been involved in their injury record. Um, I've come to five, six, I'll probably add the six in at the end, but the six I'm working with right now, um, the first off is Gianluca Schimaka from uh, Genoa, currently alone at Genoa, owned by Sassuolo, uh, Italy U21 player. Hasn't really kicked on as far as the numbers are going. Um, he's not a player that's, you know, seven, eight, ten goals and just you're really busting out in a big way. I think it's difficult to do that when Genoa are in the cellar. But I think it's obvious when you watch him play that he's, you know, he's got a lot of the qualities. He's definitely not a limited player as far as just being strictly confined to the box. I, I sense that he's a player that can you know, do a lot of things in the buildup. He can you know, be a presence in the box. He actually had one instance um, in, in the game against Milan recently where he had a bicycle kick, and he's a bigger frame player, right? He, you know, it's six difficult for five, a lot of those yeah. bigger, 
Yeah, so he, he's got the frame, he's got the size, but he's also moves, his movements is, is very strong. So I, I anticipate a move coming very soon, despite, again, his numbers not being um, that great. It's a testament to the fact that he's, to his ability that he's got links to Milan and there's interest there. So Skamaka is definitely one to look forward to in, uh, in the next year for the simple he's reason. He's had such a again, weird career, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of these players too, it's just, it's really hard to, for whatever reason, it, I find that some of these teams, you guys can maybe chime in on this too, where some of these teams like Genoa, some of these teams that are, you know, predominantly relegating, relegation, you know, threat, threatening sides, they always seem to prioritize playing more of like a veteran player, like a, you know, a Pandev or someone like that. I was who's, just going to say Pandev. They don't give, they don't get, they won't. <laughs> rely on a young player to lead the line over a long period of time they go with someone like a pandev who's a little bit of a leader can do some different things he's not going to put up big numbers whereas he's going with the more potential more impactful younger player and i think you know maybe it's just a Serie A thing you guys can maybe correct me on that if it's more something that you've seen across the board but that's what i see with skamaka i think if you just give him time you put him in the right system i think you're just going to see that natural progression in as far as his his goal output his involvement in games and impact that he could have so um he's my first italia this year four goals in games i mean yeah it's it's like there's a couple years ago with uh piontech dominating copa italia (laughs) dude i got the flashes too yeah it pains me to talk about him but nevertheless (laughs) let's go on to um someone who's you know has been playing his trade in italy this club of course being Atalanta and he is going to be moving to Manchester United um, in the upcoming window that is Ahmad Diallo Traore and mm. I'm seeing a lot of excitement and buzz around his name um, not just from people in Italy but also abroad I think there's a, some sort of intrigue behind his name um, if you're a United fan also if you're a fan just of Premier League in general because of the fee for a player that hasn't played many minutes in the top flight who's not really a key member for Gasparini's Atalanta. So there's got to be something there where United have done their scout and they've done their research that they really buy into a player who has, again, a handful of appearances, is only 18, and you're bringing him in in January with the idea that he maybe can get some minutes in a packed attacking corps that United have. So um, from what I've seen from him, though, I will say this, he's he's got all the tools, the technical traits. He's a, a wonderful dribbler. I think he's going to be such a pest for opposing sides to to hold down in the final third, just because again he does have all those those characteristics, right? The body feints, the dribbling ability, the one v one one v one potential, and it's just going to be a matter of whether or not his his body develops to fill out and and sustain the the, the rigorous um, you know conditions of, of Premier League football and just top flight football in general. Because obviously there's the discrepancies between what you see at the top flight level as far as defenders go specifically, and what your you know your average teenage player in the Primavera or the academy is going to look like. So that's one of the things. But as far as his actual skill is concerned, I think there's going to be a, a wonderful player here, provided he's in a position where he can get you know quality minutes, he can fill out, and he just can adapt. I think that's just really what it comes down to with players that are this young that have this little experience. Um, moving right along to my third player who is sim- is similar in the sense of what type he, what type of quality he can bring, but is more established in my opinion is 21 years old Brazilian international. He playing at Hertha Berlin, of course, talking about Mateus Cunha. Um, he's mm. probably one of the best players they had in the past year, year and a half, I would say, or at least from what I've seen 
as far as his production in the final third, as far as his numbers, as far as just general impact from someone in his position. I think he's on the year has what six goals, two assists, and ten appearances. And I think Hertha Berlin are a team that are mid, more predominantly mid table and can really use every bit of quality that they can get from anyone. And Cunha has been a real bright spot, and I anticipate a move coming very, very soon from him. I just think it's there's too much there. You know, he's he's got all the things that you look for as far as a player in an attacking area. And I think, you know, if we're looking at the, the next year, because I think there's, there's in these, in this list, in this sort of discussion we're having, Pat Martino, there's going to be players here where maybe they have another year or two at their, at their current club. Then yeah. there's going to be guys that are ready for a move right now. And then there's going to be players like I'm getting into my next guy who will have to me two, three years and they're just only beginning to get first team minutes. So there's, some different disparity uh, disparities between the players here, but Cunha, I definitely do like the next one. Of course, everyone by now. I really uh, like Cunha, by the way. Like, really, yeah. really like him. I think Cunha, he's going to be Cunha's, top, 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 top player. Yeah, he's 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 very fan. He's very much a, a top talent that maybe hasn't got the mainstream notoriety and attention, if if, if that makes sense. Um, but the next one I'm going to go to is uh, a player, teenager that everyone's by now familiar with for what he's accomplished at Borussia Dortmund. They just keep producing these players, guys. Um, Yusofa Mukoku, who's been, you know, this kind of tackling all greatest these... youth player of all time. Right? He, he's fantastic. <laughs> what is 17 years old, 16 years old. I mean, he's with him and Fati coming up at the same time, like those two players, like that generation, that's going to be really fun to watch them to grow at the same time. I'm hoping it's, not more of a Martin Odegaard, Hakeem Mastor type, and more of a just, hey, these two guys are just going to be the next wave of superstar players. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, Listen, don't lump in Odegaard with Mastor. Mastor can't no, even no, get no, 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 no. What, what I'm saying to know, you is that know, that was that conversation I'm busting of, your balls. I'm... of young players at the time where everyone was <laughs> expecting so much for them. But um, Mukoku, I, I don't think I can speak more on the type of potential and his, his ceiling. Uh, Baruch Dorman, phenomenal environment for him to be in, any young player for that matter to be in. And he's getting, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been like making a big impact every time he comes on and like he's getting champions league reps. That's truly telling for someone his age to just be breaking in in such a big way quickly that, you know, Borussia Dortmund just will entrust anybody to go out there and play, play their, play their game. You know, they'll go through the lumps, but I think there's something in him where he's going to be the starter. Right. And they just do a great Mm -hmm. job of this, you know, when, you know, they sell a Pulisic, they sell a Sancho, and then it's just the next one up. And there always seems to be someone every every year that breaks in, and then they're like, "Okay, we Sancho, we you're, thanks, thanks for the cash," and then they just move on. And I think Mukoku's who's got a, he's got everything. I, I don't I don't see any holes in his game right now um, that can lead mm-hmm. you to believe that he just won't be a player that you know, is of that superstar ilk. So. Um, let me move on to my final two. I was torn between who I actually wanted to include as my fifth. And I know I have my sixth, which is like a wild card guy. Um, Cause the more the merrier. Cause I'm assuming one of these guys are going to get injured and then we're going to look back on this in two years. And I'm going criti- to criticize myself. I got Nuno <laughs> Mendes at sporting. And I also got Darwin Nunez at Benfica. So two guys playing their trade in Portugal. Um, Mendes still very, very young. Um, 19 years old at sporting more of a left back fullback type player has played a couple different areas for them, but um, has been getting a lot of buzz, a lot of attention as far as what his next potential move could be. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was reading that there was interest from 
Juventus. There was interest from Milan. Um, and I think he actually just recently signed a new deal with Sporting where his clause is getting upwards of 70 million. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously Milan are not going to spend 70 million on a player. Classic, um, he fits classic the profile. Portuguese release clause. Yeah. He fits the profile, right, of a young player, 19, 20 years old, that Milan would typically be take, willing to take a risk on and give them the opportunity and the minutes that they need. But Mendes is, seems to be like that obvious next wave player for, for Portugal. And I think this is just a great generation for Portugal in general, uh, as far as their first team, as far as their U21 and, and really down from there. I know you guys probably could speak a little bit, a little bit more on that, but, um, and then the last guy, as I mentioned, Nunez, who's uh, done more, done more uh, as a striker in Europa league and helping Benfica. I think he's somewhat of five goals or six goals in four to five games. Um, whereas with, with, um, the the uh, the Portuguese first division, he hasn't really quite kicked on or had that same sort of production, but still a player who many people think is that that next big striker to move. Whether it be someone like a Latar Martinez type, in the sense that you know he is ready for the big move to see what he really is all about, um, and not so much really pin him down based on just his numbers alone. And I'm going to be fascinating to see, uh, fascinated to see what Nunez's move is next. I think maybe he's someone who's really fit for a Premier League. Maybe he's someone that does go to Spain, but I think the interest will certainly be there. Um, that's Those are my players. I know I went quite a bit and rambled a lot, but um, guys, any last thoughts before we get into Pat's group? I say we pick who do we think is going to be the best player out of the, out of the bunch. Because I think it's fun to look back on it. That That's all oh, okay. I'll say. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. This one's tough. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go first. Mukuku. Um, listen, I think I think it's legitimate when something like that happens where he's setting all of those records and he immediately makes an impact by scoring a goal. And, you know, the way he finishes, it's with authority and confidence that a 16-year-old rarely has. So for me, the environment's perfect, like we were mentioning. Um, if he gets sold, we're not going to see it until his, like, you know, early 20s right because it'll be for a hefty fee i'm sure at this point especially if he's on this trajectory so for me mikuku um yeah i think he's going to be in, in the fati mold of top young talents that could potentially win a ball on door one day i think he's that legit so it'll be he first. he looks really really raw to me uh still mm. um i'm as bullish to people uh, as as the average guy is on him but i don't think I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be careful what I say here, but like, I think that it wouldn't surprise me if he never got to Ballon d'Or contention. Like if it, that's crazy to say about a 16 year old, but it wouldn't surprise me if he never got to say a Sancho or Haaland level at they are. What right do you, now. what do you think his floor is? You know, cause we do floors and ceilings all the time, right? Like, does he have a high floor? Like at the very worst, how good is Makuku going to be? Yeah, I think I think player? he has a relatively high floor. Like someone like Chukweze that we were discussing uh, mm-hmm. last, and someone like Ronnie Lopez. I think their floors are relatively low. Okay, they could be playing mid-table football in three or four years, and I wouldn't right. bat an eyelid. But they could also be playing Champions League level football, and I wouldn't bat an eyelid. With Makuku, like he will play. Europa Champions League football at the worst for the rest of his career like that's no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. I just I'm not certain yet and I've watched him a reasonable amount that he will be at the top 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 um 
but I'm I'm hoping he proves me wrong because he seems like a great kid and seems like an insane talent to be playing and, and scoring at 16 years old is, is bloody amazing. Just looks really raw to me and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he refines his his game. Because I mean, I remember watching Bappe at 17 and Bappe is a lot more refined now than he is at 17. But still then there were technical qualities that I thought were like definitely a level above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so if I had to ask you, you this, who do you better. think... Who do you think, well, maybe, you, the answer may be pretty obvious then based on what you said, but do you think, who do you think out of Mukoku and Fati has the biggest potential, bigger potential? Do you know what? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cop out, but I think it's so hard to judge players that play with Messi. And I'll tell you why, because mm-hmm. he gets double team, triple team, then it means you have so much space. Yeah. So players that play with Messi will always have big numbers, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that makes it interesting with Fatty is that we've seen him do it for Spain as well, which is right. crazy at his age. I think if I had to, like gun to head right now, I'd say Ansu Fatty. I, I think mean, he, he did it against Inter without Messi in that one Champions yeah. League group too. It's true. You know, like it's that, true. He was the star player in that. But that is the one. That's the one inkling in my mind where I'm always like, oh, but you know, plays with basically the best player ever, meaning that he has all the space in the world and also gets the best passes out there. Or, but like the thing is, Messi doesn't even make, need to make really good passes because he's like he occupies so many players. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there is so much space around him because everyone's concentrated on him. He soaks up a lot of attention, and then yeah. there's passing the lanes passes, and space. The, the passes and the spaces are there, and they don't have to be yeah. like you and know. You get lazy sometimes. You get yeah. bad habits because you could just be so dependent on such a great player. And that's what we've talked about time and time again. Like it's, it's not that it's Fati's fault. It's that you can get down and like playing a certain way. Cause you have messy all the time. Second messy goes, you could have bad habits that could stick with you. Not yeah. saying he does have them. It's just the potentials there for that. But he looks quite disciplined to me defensively as well. I've seen him play on like the left of a four, four, two and actually mm. do really well as well. So if I gun to head, I'd say fatty. Um, I would say, Fatty and I too. think I think he has the higher floor, um, but I think he has the higher ceiling as well. But again, so young, so hard to pick. Like, look at the picks that we made two years ago. We we don't know shit. Um, <laughs> but well, um, so real quick, so so out of this list, who would who would be your would would who would be your guy you'd roll with as being the best as far as potential goes, or having a better in, career? In terms of the highest ceiling, I think. Out of the guys you've picked, I think Makoko has the highest ceiling. I think Mateus Cunha will be very, very good two years from now. Like, I think he's very good. I think he'll be very, 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 very good um, in two years. I, I, see, I'm going to go with Cunha too here. Um, and, the, and the reason why I say that is I think I just, I go by how much of the body of work, how much more I've seen from the player. And Skamaka, very young, could be very good. Triori, we haven't seen much of him. With the exception of, you know, maybe... You know, Nunez, I think Cunha is more on that same path as far as the, the body of work we've seen and enough to at least judge. And when I look at Cunha, I think he's a player that and this is going to be fun to look back on, but maybe someone that has the ceiling of like Sane, Bernardo Silva. We're not going to be a world, world class player, not going to be like top 5'10, but a player that can put up eight to 10 goals, maybe eight to 10 assists in a season. And if he gets into the right situation, like someone like that, where he won't be this earth shattering groundbreaking player in his side, but if he goes to a good team, he can be a very good starting 11 player. If that makes sense. Yes. I think, I think Mateus Cunha could be 
a player that is, say, the best player at Dortmund in two years. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I'm presuming Haaland and like Sancho won't be there. But like, right. I think he could be that level of player. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> All right, well, let, mine, let me go for mine. List, yeah. Let me go for mine. Um, so I'm obviously going to pick an Arsenal guy. Flo Balogun at Arsenal. Um, I think this guy's really, really good. Uh, both footed, strong, holds the ball up. He's got the stature of a striker that can play up on up on his own. Technically really sound. Great finisher, cool under pressure. I, I think this guy's got it all. I think, unfortunately for Arsenal, there's a chance that his future might be away from the club um, because of the players in front of him because he's not getting as many minutes as he wants to and he he'll have like absolutely no shortage of, uh, of suitors clubs in germany clubs all around the premier league watching the sheffield united wanted him uh, and didn't quite get him brentford in the championship also wanted him so i think this guy is going to have a really really great career i think he's going to be really good in the next couple of years um and i think that it's going to be um, it's going to be great watching him develop, but I'm hoping it's going to be at Arsenal um, and I'm hoping it's not going to be away from Arsenal. So yeah, that that is my first one. Sorry to bring another Arsenal one in and I hope I haven't cursed him. Sounded um, so depressed saying that because you feel like he is leaving. <laughs> uh, like it's been quite interesting because it's been like, that has been the rumours have been like, he's he's leaving, he's definitely leaving. And then it's like, oh, he might stay. Um, and and now it's like, oh, he might be leaving again. So we'll see. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that um, I'm proved wrong and he stays. But really, really exciting player. I think this guy is going to be uh, really good, um, and he's going to score a lot of goals in this career. So uh, let's see. Um, the next guy that I picked is uh, Takafusa Kubo from Madrid on loan at Villarreal. I mean, if you've watched this guy, like the fleet of foot, the quickness, the the agility, the raw pace, and just like the dribbling ability is just insane. Uh, on loan at the moment at Villarreal, and he's had a very kind of good season whenever he's made the team. Um, and I think that over the next like year or so, we're going to see him getting a lot more consistent minutes, whether it's at Villarreal or on loan at another club or back at Madrid. And I think he's going to be a really, really good player to watch. Um, you know, is a guy that Barcelona and Madrid were fighting over very famously, and uh, Madrid poached him under 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 the eyes of their rivals. And he is going to be a, a star, I think. Like he's going to think he's going to be really, really good. Um, th- the next guy I've got is uh, Ryan Cherky at Lyon. He's a fantastic talent, absolutely fantastic talent. Both footed, uh, his ability on the ball is is ridiculous. Technically, I think he's the best 16 17 year old i've watched since like rooney probably um and yeah he's just insane on the ball um just ridiculous to watch and i think if you look at leon and uh depay leaving you know there's always rumors that dembele will leave um and uh they are a selling club maybe hussein moir as well going to leave there are going to be slots that open up for some of these young players and players like paqueta who have gone there and players like um ryan Cherky. Uh, to develop and, and have more game time. And I think over the next 12 to 18 months, he's going to be a guy to to watch. And it's been a hard season for for a lot of young players, you know. Um, Jaden Sancho, Mbappe, 
um, Mason Greenwood, uh, a load of other players haven't done as well as, as they would have done. They've struggled to acclimatise to this kind of no fans uh, COVID world, which I don't know, it's it may be just a blip or, or a coincidence that it's a load of young players, but I think Turkey uh, too. We've we've profiled, right? I think we have we, we yeah. profiled in previous episodes oh, too. Big time, yeah. Really, really, really quick. Uh, um, the next one to go with is Karim Adeyemi over at Salzburg, and I know he's kind of like third in line after. Um, Koita and after Pax and Daka out there, and also Mergen Barisha, who's doing really well. Shout out the Barishas. Um, <laughs> like this guy is sensational, Karamadi Amy. Like, and the thing is, like, whenever people are like, oh, you know, Pax and Daka's good, all the Salzburg fans will go to you. You haven't even seen, seen Adi Amy yet. <laughs> like, he is that good. He is ridiculously fast, ridiculously good. Um, ex- Explosive dribbler, great with both feet, great finisher. I think he's scored, um, I don't know if it was in the Champions League recently, uh, in his UCL debut, which was awesome. Um, I think he's a guy to watch over the next 12 months, especially if Paxson Dakar leaves in the summer. This guy's going to get the minutes and he's going to be the next guy that everyone looks at as Salzburg after Haaland and uh, Dakar. So uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for him. And the last one, He's in the category of kind of players that I think are already really well known, but I think they're going to make the leap up, kind of similar to, to Cunha, for example, the Matt's chosen. Marcus Turam over at uh, Gladbach. Um, you know, obviously his agent being Mina Raiola, there's probably going to be a big move on the horizon in the next two or three years. His ability to play left or nine really, really well means that a lot of teams are going to be keeping their eyes on him. And I just think like he has got the skill set to play in pretty much any team in the world. Like he could probably adapt to either that left wing berth or the nine berth, depending on whatever team he he goes to in the future. Um, unfortunate instant recently where he spat on a player. I think he's out for six uh, six games, uh, meaning that you won't see him at the beginning of the season. But I think he's uh, he's a quality player. I think we'll have like a a breakout breakout year in the next twelve months because I think you know Mateus Cunha and Marcus Turim probably have breakout years over the last eighteen months or breakout seasons over the last eighteen twenty four months. But this is like the next level, um, and I think I, he's going to be he sensational. I think he moves in the summer. Honestly, I think I think that the the price that was around rumor was around thirty five million euros. So again, that's like that's I think that's a move. And honestly, I, I see Juve being one of those teams in there. His father used to play there. Um, we know Raiola has good relations with the club as well. I definitely see that. But, you know, the spitting incident is kind of concerning, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it, it's one thing to just, you know, spit at a player or just have misconduct, like something like that. But you're doing it during a pandemic with, like, COVID. And how stupid could you be? Crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's... That's just something that's just unacceptable. And Crazy. Hey, we're talking about youth players here. So obviously they're not as mature as they should be. But I kind of find it hard to give excuses for adults because that's nah. what they are yeah. for the most part. And they're professionals. And it's not like he's a brand new 16-year-old made a stupid um, decision. For me, it's like something like that kind of worries me to an extent. Albeit his talent is ridiculous. I think he's been he's been so good. What he was doing in the Champions League group stage was just great. And then mm. what they're doing in the Bundesliga, and we've talked about it too in recent episodes. For for me though, when you're talking about youth players like that, does like how much does that worry you in terms of mentality stuff? Because that is that really is at its core 
incredibly stupid with what he did. You know, I, like to me, that's kind of like a red flag in a sense. But that that could be me. It, it it's really worrying. I think like it is a big worry, and I think that he obviously probably massively regrets doing that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm sorry, willing to sorry. give him the. De- benefit of the doubt since it's kind of his the first crazy thing i've seen him do if that yeah, yeah of course i think i think that's totally fair. i guess like a history of these sort of theatrics of course yeah. yeah yeah so i'm i'm not massively worried about it but uh yeah yeah, yeah. i think um it's it's oh, yeah obviously a slight worry um for him but i think that he seems like a good guy uh but Again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt um, in the this kind of regard. All right, so out of your group, let's project into the future. Who pans out to be the best of, of your crop? Martino, can you start? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, I think Cherokee has the highest ceiling um, out, of, out of the bunch that he mentioned. Taram's like a little different than these other guys simply because he's already 23. Yeah, you, know, you have so much more already, data on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we know so much about him. We've seen him prove it at the at the you know Bundesliga. I know people are skeptical of like you know production there and some numbers are inflated. Blah blah blah. I don't really care about it. If you produce, you produce. You deserve credit for it because not everybody does it. Um, and and what he's doing with the Champions League as well is it's been impressive. Um, so for me. I th- I feel like it's easy to go with Taram, but I think Cherokee. I just like the ceiling there is just mm-hmm. you know, and he's showing up. He's playing well. Leon is a good environment to develop because what they've salvaged with Paqueta, man, and Matt can attest to this. You thought that was a complete lost cause, and we thought it could have been Gabagol 2.0, where the guy's going back to Brazil and you know having to refine himself and and and, mm-hmm. and figure out what he lost when he made the move to Europe. So for me, Cherokee there. Um, but for Pet, I would love if if Flo would would pan out for him because Pet needs it. At all. <laughs> you know, I hope I hope he stays and flourishes there, and I say that wholeheartedly. Yeah, uh, I I hope so too. I I really like Karimediemi from what I've seen at Salzburg. I know I'm cheating because it's not in the top five leagues, but Salzburg basically kind of are because they play in the Champions League all the time. I think he's going to be. A... He'll go to Leipzig in a few. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's going to be a top top talent. Like, watch out for that one. Watch out for that one for sure. But uh, I think if I, I had to say high ceiling, Ryan Cherky for sure. Yeah, I, I say I say Cherky too. I think it's it, if you're able to stand out in such a way at such a young age, and in one of Europe's top five leagues, albeit maybe some people think it's probably the lowest or the fifth best of the top five leagues in any case the fact that we are raving about Turkey in this fashion and we've yet to see him play like a full season of, of top flight football um uninterrupted pandemics and stuff i would love to see what Turkey is over a full season you're getting maybe some champions league experience or europa league experience and just being like a key member of the 11 would love to see what Turkey can bring but i think as far as you know future and projecting what his ceiling is i think it's got to be Turkey. and if i had to go as like an honorable mention i would probably say um kubo i think mm. if kubo just gets an opportunity i mean unai emery i don't know i you could, you could probably attest to this <laughs> he's too. doing bloody well at Villarreal, man no he is, like, every, he is everyone but I think who's there's left been, there's been everyone some, who's left arsenal is doing well 
issues uh, with, I guess, like his playing season. time and how he's been managed. I, I don't know if it's been misconstrued or mis kind of interpreted in the media, but the way it's been framed is that, you know, he's not so invested and so um, entrusting of Kubo to get like full on minutes. I feel like he's you. You guys can you can speak on it further, but I think with Kubo, mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of getting the chance to play like consistently to like let him do what he can do because I think he's got immense potential. And he could be a really fantastic player. Hmm. Oh, I agree. I I really really like him. He's his dribbling ability is ridiculous. He's, he got a good amount of appearances last year. Thirty five yeah. for for Mallorca is not bad, and he's up to yeah. No, he he played he played he played for them a lot. Um, it's just Villarreal. He's been a little bit in and out more. Hmm. all right well the timer went off i, I was on mute when uh, <laughs> i was doing that because i've been good about preventing that from being over the airwaves um <laughs> so yeah those are the list of players um tons to go through there's so many talented ones and i think the intriguing part about all of this before we wrap up is the backgrounds of all these players are constantly changing as well um we're getting players coming from any and in, in any place every and any place too. So I, I just find that to be just so unique and so amazing to how quickly the game is changing as well in, in terms of where you can get your talent from. Because how many times, like when we were growing up, guys, all the top talents were it's Brazil, it's England, they're coming out of um, Portugal, all these, you know, rich footballing countries. And now we got guys, you know, coming from, youth system like Makuku was coming from Cameroon and he grew up in the youth systems in Dortmund. And then we got, you know, other players with different profiles like Skamaka's six, six foot five, you know, as a forward. And been at like seven different clubs or whatever already. Yeah. It's just, it's just really fascinating to see how this game has evolved in recent years. And it's going to continue to do so because I mean, it's just great. And, and the French, they're dominating. It's just, it's truly impressive what, what, what France as a country has done with their youth talents. Um, so yeah, any other thoughts and, and stuff that we want to get? By the way, we, I think we have to address this. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys saw this ESPN FC. They, uh, they, they posted the tweet. And I'm not sure if it was theirs, but they did the top three players of, of the century. By the way, I don't <laughs> know if you saw the list on who made number three. Did you see that? I did. I, I did. saw. I saw. Man, uh, I know you Salah. tweeted about it. I, I, but it, to be fair, it wasn't ESPN's their list. They yeah, were no, I didn't much, see it. Was that. Yeah, I was saying they tweeted was it, the about Globes, it. Yeah. The Globe Awards. Was that the one that Cristiano owns and he gave himself the greatest player of the century 20 years into the century? Which, I mean, listen, I don't think there's not going to be, like, I mean, if you're a Messi fan, yeah, you'll dispute it. But there's going to be few people that actually argue against that. And that's not the thing I'm arguing against. I think I'm arguing against is the fact that you have Messi, Ronaldo, who are obvious two out of the three here. Now it's just a matter of who falls into that third slot. And they had Mohamed Salah. Now, People were attacking me, or one guy was attacking me, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, this discredit Salah the Leeds, as a player man. because, well, yeah, the Leeds. I don't want to get into the Leeds, but um, with Salah, it's like he's obviously a top player. He's obviously one of the best in the world, but that's not. It's the the, the criteria was 2001 to 2020, and I'm so am I just going to overlook what Ramos has accomplished for almost 15 years? Am I going to look at what Aniesta has done and say, no, nah, that's not good enough or Javi or whoever, like Wayne Rooney. I'm just saying, like, I think that you, I need, I need the, the big body of work. I need longevity at the top. 
Salah has it like in a, in a nice little, you know, four or five years, but I'm talking in a, the player of the century and he's the third best player one, of the century. He was 1% behind Leo Messi for that. Like, come on. I mean, it's obviously voting, like there's some voting involved, but that just, I had to get that off my chest. And I just, you know, it's just funny seeing these awards and people saying this, this is, see, this is why Ronaldo's better. This is why Messi's better. Peak, and some of these peak, awards peak are just players. absolute shams. The like peak players of this century, Salah doesn't even crack the top 20, in my opinion. I, I truly do. Like, I mean, he's on, listen, he's on, like, can I say this? He's, as far as the, sending, the, sure. the scoring goes, as far as his impact at Liverpool goes, he's on his way to being like sure. one of the greats. I think he's already, in my opinion, one of the greats of the Premier League as far as what he's accomplished already, but he's still got so much more left in it. That's the crazy part. But is he I, is I'm, his legacy even bigger than Samuel Eto's yet? Oh, popularity aside, in terms of accomplishment, um, well, Samuel Eto'o back to back trebles. That's exactly. like that's uh, so he's not he's, so he's not even there, and that's and that's what I just think I need to see more. Like if we're speaking on these awards and how they're given out, sure. what the criteria is, I need to see more than four to five years dominance. If we're going to be speaking on what a player being considered as the best of a century, the best of. I mean, that's that's a huge This honor. is why we wait for careers to end, right? I mean, like, how many times do we say, like, if we wrote Ebro off after the torn ACL, like, look what he's doing now to right. his legacy. Like, how he's just adding to it. It's just, yeah. You I know, mean, so, okay, so silly. let's, before we wrap up, hypothetically, <laughs> say it's Messi and Ronaldo in there. Who is mm-hmm. the third guy you're going with? So I, I tweeted about this, right? And I said, in terms of peaks of players that I've seen, if we're going to just do peaks, like, and, and the longevity... It's, it's kind of silly, but like in terms of peak players, I don't think, I didn't see Ronaldo. I think his peak was kind of just like towards the turn of the century, the Brazilian yeah. Ronaldo. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like half and half for me. I have not seen a player outside of Messi and Ronaldo better than peak Ronaldinho. And, yeah. I, and I'll, and I'll just leave it there. Yeah. I think, or oh, could you say there's a few, right? Zidane, uh, yeah. but again, turn of the century you know he won the euros in i mean he was only like 31 when he retired at the 2006 world cup i believe yeah still you know Uh, the best player in that tournament in my opinion well he came out of retirement to play for them i think he was pretty old at that point i think he was i don't know but like that that france team the 98 2000 that won it like you know him putting them on their back obviously he had Vieira alongside him obviously he had Thierry Henry obviously he had Petit and Trezeguet and all these guys like that was an amazing team there but he was by far and away the best like that that game where he just it's like Zidane teaches Brazilians to play football like it's just it's just beautiful to watch like it's it's just amazing of all the World Um, Cups we've seen since there hasn't been a better player in a tournament oh and imagine imagine if he wins it for them against Italy right like mm. we would be legitimately talking about like a a a double winning world cup player i think he's the and greatest the Euros world cup winning player, player ever if he does it yeah and and champions leagues and leagues in two different uh, countries like it's it would be very hard to not put him in the conversation of the goat and i think he is like uh, for me he's like a top 10 player ever Dan. like i think so speaking. i agree with that uh, 100%. easily um but it's crazy how how fine margins can determine whether or not a player goes like top 20 or or top five you know talking about a headbutt for a player that he did in a champions league final how many of your favorite players can get into the champions league i mean uh the world cup final like that <laughs> i like single hand like and and completely outshine a thierry Henry. and it's not to disrespect Henry. it was just like that's how good he was mm. so um 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't think Mo Salah even cracks the top 10. Is he even the best Liverpool player of the century too? Like, does he even outlast Gerrard's legacy? I think he's on the way to doing it. As hard as tough of a conversation that might be for some people. You know, I would have to say if I was given my player, I would probably have to choose one of Javi, Enes, or Ramos. The fact that Ramos really? has okay. the international accolades, he also has the Champions League with Real Madrid as captain, and he's just he's been at the top. He's been amongst the best in his position for a decade, decade plus. So that has to hold a ton of weight. I mean, he's just not just doing it for club. He's doing it for club and country. And he's, I mean, you're talking about a dynasty, a Real Madrid, a dynasty with Spain. And he's at the forefront of that. So there's, look, there's, there's so many different ways you can go around this. This is a fascinating conversation. I would love to have maybe more, people kind of chime in on this maybe like a poll <laughs> who you would be who would you put as your third guy but um gents i think that's it right i think we think we're wrapping up here i think we are yeah, that's a that's a 2020 um put a bow first on. full year wrapped up on the podcast um i mean there was just so many accomplishments again we're gonna hit fifty thousand downloads very soon as well probably by the end of january we'll hit that so that's another great accomplishment um, we have to eventually do another followers giveaway as well, because they got us to 2k and we promised them that, um, Pat, how far are you off of 1k? Cause you got to plug your like Twitter. six. <laughs> oh my God. We so got to get this like, seriously, before by, the end of the year, <laughs> we're on the 29th right now, as we're recording midday, if we don't get pet Barisha to a thousand followers, I'm going to deactivate for a week. <laughs> and that is very that is, that's gonna take a lot that's serious that is mm. very serious you know how much i tweet a lot i tweet a lot <laughs> pet please plug it six followers away at p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a thank you very much everyone have a great day <laughs> you just you guys can follow me there <laughs> on twitter i'm gonna take it upon myself to plug my own uh, socials uh, at at matt underscore santangelo and yeah i echo the same same thing that Martino said. Thank you guys for supporting us this year. It's been a massive year for the podcast and on a personal level. I know the guys here can speak to the same as well. So look forward to talking with you guys and um, you know, having more people join our community in 2021. Yeah, you can follow me at Martino Puccio on Twitter. Obviously, we have the Instagram account as well, uh, State of Play Pod. We've been trying to upload there a little bit more. Um, please like, rate, subscribe, comment uh, on your thoughts on the podcast. We're getting great interactions. Go listen to the past episode with Zach Lowy. Very informative of all things Barcelona and La Liga. Um, obviously, I think we should probably tweet out a, a thread of all the guests we've had as well that you guys could go all hmm. refollow and listen to some uh, recent episodes before the new year kicks off because uh, 2021 is certainly going to be better than 2020 because it can't get worse. Knock on wood. I don't know if you heard that. Um, so other than that, fellas, great year. Um, many great wishes to Arsenal as well, Pet. Um, hopefully they could uh, salvage the season. Other than that, when you guys, guys let's, yeah. <laughs> other than that, you guys could listen to some more team.